Everyone knows there is something very wrong with America's public schools. Children are getting indoctrinated by leftist ideologies. The moral decline, and there's much more. The question is, how can we correct it? Well, we'll analyze the problem and the solution on this edition of The End Time Show. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of The End Time Show. And I have a, a, a very special guest joining us today. And joining us is Jonathan Copeland. He's an ordained pastor, a very good friend of mine. He's an ordained pastor with 24 years experience as an educator in both the public and private school settings. And he also serves as the co-host of the Classic American Education Podcast. And Jonathan is currently a high school history teacher. So he has a, 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 a very, um, very detailed, very in-depth resume when it comes to this. And he, he has a lot of great information. I was having a conversation with him probably, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago. He was telling me everything he did, and I said, man, you've got to be on a program for end time. So thank you for joining me today, Jonathan. It's my pleasure. Absolutely. Now, I, the, as you all know, the Bible prophecy foretells the end time world government will be a socialistic, communistic world government, and that the majority of the world will pledge allegiance to that entity. They will follow after it in every way. One of the best ways for that ideology to infiltrate a society is through its education system. According to the book, The Naked Communist, the, the 45 goals of communism were first published in the 8th edition of The Naked Communist back in, uh, I think it was March of 1961. In 1963, a couple years later, those 45 communist goals were read into the congressional record by Albert S. Herlong, Jr. Several of these communist goals, and that's why I wanted to bring this up today, because several of these communist goals focus on our educational system, our schools, and they're being carried out as we speak. Goal number 17 of those 45 communist goals states that to get control of the schools, the, our communist uh, agenda is to get control of the schools and to use them as transmission belts for socialism and current communist propaganda and to soften the curriculum, get control of the teachers associations and put the party line in textbooks. Goal number 28 said that they wanted to, these communists wanted to eliminate prayer or any phase of religious expression in the schools on the grounds that it violates the principle of separation of church and state. So, as you can tell, and there are many more, and if we have time, I'll go through maybe a few more of them, but I want to get straight off into this interview with my, my guest here, but everyone knows there's something wrong with our public school, schools. 
what is wrong, how did it get here, and how do we fix it? Because, I mean, what's more important than our kids, right? What's more important than the next generation coming up? And so to help answer these questions and more, I wanted to go and have my guest here today. And Jonathan, thank you for joining me. And uh, wow, what a great topic this is, the educational system and what's going on in America. So let's go straight off into this uh, our dialogue here today because we had such a great conversation years ago and I thought, man, I've got to have you on here because of the, the socialistic aspect of this and how it ties into the socialistic kingdom of the Antichrist in the end time uh, and Bible prophecy. So, um, again, thank you for joining me today, Jonathan. It's absolutely my pleasure. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I think everyone in America needs to know that we are in the final stages of a hostile takeover of the American education curriculum. Mm-hmm. There's, this is a movement that's designed to destroy the system that once imparted a biblical worldview and transform it into one that promotes the acceptance of the one-world socialistic government that will be controlled by the Antichrist. And so today it's my intention to issue a call to action to those who believe in the Word of God and those that understand America has a God-given destiny. We, we have to keep in mind the biblical principles. First, the children of Issachar. They had an understanding of the time. They knew what Israel ought to do. I believe the end-time audience would be those people in America today. We need to understand what's happening and know what it is that we can do to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. And the second would be the principle from the book of Nehemiah. When they rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem, Each person had their own place on the wall. Most of the time it was right close to where they lived. And so whether you're listening and you're a parent, grandparent, pastor, or an educator, Mm -hmm. we all must do our part to embrace, I believe, a return to the classical American education model. So uh, now, wow, that that was a mouthful. (laughs) Let's bring everybody in on our conversation here, and we'll, we'll get back to this classic American education model in just a moment, but I want to break down for everybody what you just went through there. We're talking about uh, basically the the question that I would pose and that you just answered would be, what is the current state of the American educational system? Now you said that we're in the last stages of a hostile takeover of the American educational system. Give me a little more in-depth definition of that. What, what did you mean when you said we're in, the, we're in the last stages of a hostile takeover of the American educational system? Because a lot of people realize, and you've heard many people listening, that you've heard the term um, indoctrination in our school system and things like that. So when we talk about indoctrination or the, this hostile takeover, it's not like they rolled in with tanks and said, hey, we're going to take over the school. That's not what we're talking about here. When we talk about a hostile takeover of the educational system, uh, give me a little bit more in-depth definition of that. Certainly. It is something that's been happening for generations. Now, I believe that there are four different waves of revolutionary activism that you can trace throughout the history of this transformation of America's educational system. And I see us being in the fourth stage currently right now. But it really started all the way back 
in the 19th century when the ideas of Charles Darwin first arrived on the American shore. Mm -hmm. Once there was the intellectual elite that embraced the ideas of evolution, then that set into motion, like I mentioned, several waves of changes in our system. Yeah. Progressive reforms of the 1920s. Hey, Jonathan, I'm, I'm coming up to a break here. I'm sorry to cut in on you, but um, we'll, we'll get right back to you right after the break here because this is such an interesting conversation. People are wanting to know what's going on. Uh, everybody, thank you for joining us today. We're going to Israel. Remember that. We're going to, on an Israel tour in May 17th through the 28th. So if you want to join us, sign up quick because it's filling up. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can't enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself, you are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is, that's where our reward is. End time is not going anywhere. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time understand how you fit in and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com slash future or call 800 in time. That's 800-363-8463. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End of the Age television and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end-time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or visit endtime.com slash events for more information. Welcome back, everybody, and I'm joined by my good friend, Jonathan Copeland. He's got almost a quarter of a century um, in being in education in the public, public and private sector. He's currently a high school history teacher. And we talked years ago about this indoctrination and different things that are going on in our schools. And this is why I've said many times, make sure that you know what your children are being taught in school because there are agendas being pushed that would love to see our kids come out of high school and college and to be indoctrinated to the point where they could be they, they would think socialism is actually a good thing rather than a bad thing when I was coming up through high school man socialism it was um, it was during the Cold War and everybody knew socialism communism that's a bad word but nowadays it doesn't seem to be does it 
because, hey, if I'm relying upon the government, the government will feed me, the government will house me, government dependency, and doesn't seem like such a bad thing. The problem is there are millions of strings attached to all of that. And what better way to push an agenda in a, on a nation than to indoctrinate the children coming up so that way when they, get, when they come out of those schools, then they're already a, a member of your agenda. They're already in a, a, um, they've already subscribed to your agenda and hey, I'm, I, this is just what I believe. And they would even actually argue against a parent or a grandparent or somebody that uh, comes against that. I remember years ago, I had a guy come and sit in my office and he argued with me that we, the, good, the United Nations was a good thing. The Federal Reserve was a good thing. He had just gotten out of college with a economics degree. And he was saying, oh, no, we need the United Nations. It's the last great humanitarian hope for mankind. Oh, well, uh, I mean, the Federal Reserve, it's a good thing. We've got to have that. And I had, to, I had to sit there and educate him on what the United Nations really was, a socialistic world government, and what the Federal Reserve really was. And so this is the kind of things we're talking about today. And I wanted to have Jonathan on because um, he, he's very in tune with all of this. He's in the educational system right now. And so... To continue on with the conversation here, I ask you about, Jonathan, about the, the hostile takeover of the American educational system. And you said that were, there are four waves of revolutionary activism. And you went straight to the fourth one here about the modern era of radicalism. Modern era of radicalism. What, and you started with Darwin. But I, I want to slow way down here a little bit and make sure everybody understands what we're talking about. So this... This uh, the hostile takeover of America. Let, let's start back there, and then uh, give give a better definition for that. So that way we won't get cut in two by a break here. Certainly, I'll be glad to do that, Dave. I think that the secret to understanding is really seeing what happened during the 1960s. Mm -hmm. uh, many people may have heard before of the march through the institutions. Mm -hmm. which is basically a communistic idea that they would systematically place people who believed in the communist agenda into positions of power, specifically in colleges of education mm -hmm. where teachers are being trained. And once they were able to do that, and of course it goes, it's the same in positions in media, positions in law, but specifically with education, when the communists were able to infiltrate the colleges of education where teachers are trained, yeah. we are far enough along the line now that in this modern time, you have the vast majority of teachers who received an education that was infiltrated with this collectivist thinking. Yes. And so that is what's really given the impetus to this modern era Jonathan, where we are seeing. When, when you say collectivist, define that for the audience. Collectivist. America is based upon the ideal of the individual. Yes. And, of course, that is very biblical. There's individual salvation. There's not collective salvation. Work out for your own salvation with fear and trembling. Mm -hmm. But the collectivist mindset is a very socialistic concept, and that is we need to only do 
things that are the greatest benefit to the whole of society. Right. A lot of people use that term, the greater good. And it's especially appealing to teenagers because who would not desire for everybody to be happy and everybody to be equal? But it's a very dangerous concept because the only way everyone gets equality is if it's a very low baseline of happiness. Yes. Yes. So teachers, you're saying, are uh, many of them are being um, educated and trained to teach this collectivist ideology rather than the individual, which is another word for the, the socialistic, communistic concept, but it sounds a little bitter, better when you call it collectivist. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, this, this collectivist mindset even goes all the way back to John Dewey in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. It said we need to remove the focus from reading, writing, and arithmetic and put the goal of the collectivist mindset. So that is something that the elites in education would probably consider is already accomplished. Mm -hmm. What is really happening now is that there's a letter that Karl Marx wrote in 1843 in which he said, it is clear what we have to accomplish at present. I'm referring to the ruthless criticism of all that exists. Mm -hmm. So everyone I'm sure has heard of critical theory. Yes. That's really what's being promoted more than anything else today. The collectivist mindset is considered to already be entrenched in America as a whole. Mm -hmm. So now it's time to really put that final stage of the ideas of critical theory being embraced in America. Right. Well, so when we talk about critical theory and collectivism and everything, what we're doing is we're moving away from the foundation of what America was really built on because America is about, the American dream is, hey, if I, Dave Robbins, or you, Jonathan Copeland, if I wanted to be a millionaire, I could, I could if I wanted to work hard enough, if I wanted to you know, get off the couch and get out there and get after it and get an education and, and build a business, and you know, I, I could become a millionaire. That's the American dream here. But the this collectivist ideology which is being taught to a lot of kids in school now is that, well, really, we're doing everything better for the whole. And there's really a goal behind all of this. And that is, when you look at it, a, a socialistic or a communistic ideology is that they want to get everybody to be equal, but yet there are the global elite that run everything I mean, when you look in these socialistic countries, the despots, they are fabulously wealthy, and everybody else is dirt poor. And that's a big problem here. So that's why a lot of these kids in school are being sold the, um, hey, I'll pay for your college tuition. I'll pay for, you know, we'll give you free things. But yet they don't see really the agenda behind it all, which is more and more government dependency, which leads to more and more government control. And that's a, that's a that is a um, that's a dangerous thing in our society here, because it would destroy exactly it would destroy right. America. That's exactly right. It reminds me of one conversation I had in the classroom in which, kind of explaining this communistic collectivist mindset, I told the class, "How about we do this? The most recent test you did, 
I'll take everyone's grades, average them together, and that will be the grade that everyone receives because, after all, we want equity. We want the same outcome. Yeah. And one of my students said, wait a minute, that's not exactly right. <laughs> what would really be right under communism is if you took the lowest grade of anyone in the entire class and gave everyone that grade. Right. And I said, that's exactly right. That's right. If, in order for there to be equity, everything has to be at a very low standard. Right, right. Except for the elites, because they're outside the system, you might say. Well, that's correct. And so that is why in a socialistic, communistic country, in a truly communistic country, man, everything just goes right down to where it is. And when you hear somebody like a... Let's apply it to America here. When you, when you hear a Joe Biden, even during his State of the Union speech, he said, I'm not a communist. I just think you ought to pay your fair share. Well, when he says to a person who has built a business over the last 25 years that's making, um, you know, I don't know, a million, two or three, four million dollars a year, whatever, maybe more than that, has built themselves up, they're a multimillionaire, but you've got to pay your fair share he is talking about taking from them and giving to others. And, and I know the premise goes that, hey, you know, they, his business has gotten um, certain tax benefits and different things like that. However, those billionaires, millionaires and billionaires, they are paying the majority of our taxes. I don't think people really realize that. And so it's the, the major plank of socialism is wealth redistribution and that's a lot about what's being pushed here in America is you pay your fair share, the rich are going to pay, and uh, it's really trying to make everybody poor. It doesn't make anybody uh, richer, and uh, you have to really understand kind of what's going on here. But let me, um, let, me, let me get back to the education part of this because I want people to really understand uh, what's going on um, here in our educational system by pushing socialism and things like that. So you're saying you're talking about this this socialistic communistic ideology, collectivism, and um, our colleges, our high, uh, educational systems pushing that. But what have we moved off of? So originally, in other words, what 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 would be a classical American education? What how would you De define that? Well, there's two different parts to that question. I think it's the right subject to discuss. One would be a classical education is a philosophy that seeks to develop a student for life, not just for the future job market. Mm -hmm. So they are exposed to a robust study of the liberal arts and sciences, but with an equal focus upon civic responsibility and moral education. Yeah. And that's where, to me, what sets the classical American education apart is the fact that America, in its foundational era, was super focused upon the Bible. Noah Webster said the Bible was America's basic textbook in all fields. Mm -hmm. And Benjamin Rush, signer of the Declaration of Independence, the Surgeon General of the Continental Army, the father of the public schools under the Constitution— he said, the great enemy of the salvation of man, in my opinion, never invented a more effective means of limiting Christianity from the world than by persuading mankind 
that it was improper to read the Bible at schools. Right. That's how America started. Everything was focused upon the Bible, like I mentioned from Noah Webster, the basic textbook yeah. in all fields. That's where we need to return. Right. So, um, first, let me play the devil's advocate here for just a moment. Now, obviously, I agree with 100% of what you just said, but let's say there's somebody out there that says the school, it's not their responsibility, that it would be the, the responsibility of the parents and the responsibility of, let's say, the church to teach morality rather than the school being focused on the Bible. Um, what would you say to that? I would say that schools are teaching morality regardless. It's impossible to have an education that has no moral component. You're either teaching the morals of the Bible that was the foundation of this nation, right. or you're teaching humanism. You're teaching secular humanism. You're teaching through evolution that there is no God. Yes. You know, the old joke is, why do we tell students that they came from animals and then wonder why they act like animals? You're always, there's always a moral component to teaching. Right. It, you cannot escape it. And so you have to make a choice about what morals you're going to be teaching children. And today, education is not an amoral universe. It is a universe that says everything about America is wrong, and your role is to destroy what currently exists so it can be replaced with something different. Right. But, it's no different than if you think about salvation. Before being born again, you first have to die the death of repentance. That's what the communists are doing in this stage of uh, their activism is they're trying to finish destroying the American system so it can be replaced with something different. That's that, okay, so that is a very, very good point there because we have, we have uh, so there, I, I have heard the argument that, hey, it's not the school's responsibility, but the school plays a big part in it. Be, if, and let me tell you how I know that and that the communists know that is because when you're trying to tear down this American system, which was based on Judeo-Christian principles, they know that the teachers are very influential in those kids' lives. Hey, what the mm -hmm. teacher says has got to be correct. So when, there, when we get off into this conversation of uh, morals and different things, schools are very influential. That's why they're pushing the... Uh, the, the transgender ideology, and they're having the, the drag, drag queens come in and reading um, in these libraries and all these different things because they're wanting teachers eventually to start teaching that these things, and the schools promoting that these things are alternative lifestyles and different things like that. Um, I'm coming up to another break here. I, I want to come right back in where we just left off here on the moral part of it. But, wow, what a great conversation. Thank you for joining me today, Jonathan. Uh, I do want to say again, May 17th through the 28th, we are, uh, my wife and I, Doug and Tina Norvell, be taking you guys to Israel. We've got a few spots left. We've had several people sign up over the last few the days. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ, part two. The late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. 
These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. Well, well, welcome back everybody. And uh, if you're just joining us for the last half hour, I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Jonathan Copeland, who has been in education, both public and private schools, for the last uh, 24 years. He's currently a high school uh, history teacher and he's also a pastor. Great friend of mine. And thank you for joining me today, Jonathan. And I want to get right back in here, and then we'll get onto the prophecy and all this stuff coming up. But this moral uh, portion of this, where on, on schools, when it comes to like a biblical foundations, like you said, you mentioned evolution and versus creation. That is a when you cannot tell a child, here's where you came from, why are you here, and where are you going. To me, I think it would be almost impossible. <laughs> as a history teacher, to try to teach some of these things. I mean, how, how do you cover that when you're teaching on evolution versus creation? Are you allowed to cover that in, in school? Well, basically, that is a really hot-button topic, I would say. Yeah. And what is most important on the subject would be for people to understand it's more than just hey, in your biology class, your teacher might have mentioned evolution. Right. There are entire units that are required to be taught about the proof that evolution is a fact. But it infiltrates even more than just the biology classroom. It's a part of the curriculum and almost every discipline. Mm -hmm. It's the same way with environmentalism. Yeah. That's not simply something that's in a science class. That's in a geography class where there are entire units about how climate change is affecting different areas of the world. Yeah. The literature classes are reading novels that reinforce all of these concepts. It's infiltrated everywhere. So the idea that there's only one part of the curriculum in which this is discussed is simply not true. Yes. And I have definitely had conversations with students and mentioned that some of the weaknesses in the theory of evolution and it's like you're from a different planet, their response to you, because they don't even have the capacity to consider that it might not be true 
because they're told from the time they're children, just like the law of gravity is true, evolution is just as true as that. That's yeah. one of the standard lines. Yeah. Well, um, and, and then that leads to kind of, and I just want to spend a short time here, but the, we, we, I talked to you a while back about the, the, the transgender thing that's happening to our kids. I was telling our, we were talking about this interview that we were going to do this morning up in our prayer and devotions with our staff here at End Time, and I said that kids nowadays are faced with things in school I never had to deal with, ever. I never had any of this kind of stuff. I, went to, I graduated high school in 1986. We had 2,000 kids in my high school, and I, had, I don't know if I had I, I'd ever heard of a transgender person. Uh, maybe uh, I remember on the old show, MASH, Klinger dressed up like a woman, but I, I didn't think he was really believed that he was a woman. I think he was just trying to get out of the Army or something like that. But I, I never really had, in 1986, I never really even heard of a transgender person. Well, now you've got these kids where the, the, uh, the uh, Biden's White House is pushing for kids, young male individuals who believe they're a woman. They just say, well, I, I believe I'm a girl. Then you've got school boards that are pushing for them to go into a girl's locker room. And we're seeing that in colleges and different things where men are participating in women's sports on these college teams, and they're going in and changing in their locker rooms, going to their bathrooms, and the school boards and college boards are pushing this stuff. And to me, when, when we talk about a moral issue, wow, it really kind of explodes when you would tell a teacher, don't talk about these kind of things, don't get any biblical principles, don't bring that up, but you're going to have to let Johnny, who now says he's Sally, go into Jennifer's bathroom. And so... It really, when you say you can't really teach morality, the morality is going to come into it whether you right. like it or not. And I know, I don't think you've faced in that, any of that necessarily in your school, but there are schools around the nation that are facing that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And it might take just a moment to unpack that, but I think what is most important is for people to understand why this is happening. So often we just dismiss it and say, that's just beyond my ability to comprehend. Mm -hmm. Well, we need to understand why they're pushing that, because it's a direct attack upon the Word of God. Mm -hmm. I mentioned what Karl Marx said about the ruthless criticism of all that exists. Yeah. That's the game plan. That, that critical theory, the idea that you destroy the current traditional American society to replace it with communism, when you apply that to race relations, it's critical race theory, which most people are likely familiar with. Yeah. But that same concept is applied to history. And if you're, if anyone's ever heard of Howard Zinn or the 1619 Project, mm -hmm. the goal is to destroy the traditional understanding of America's history so we can replace it. That same concept is being applied to gender. Yes. Because it's not about feeling sorry for boys that think they're girls or girls that think they're boys. That's just what we see as the result. The intention is to erase from our minds the concept that there is a difference between male and female. Right. The whole point is to take the 
absurd and to push the absurd so much that it becomes normal and to make normal, meaning he created them male and female, yes. to make normal be considered absurd. Yeah. Because when you can do that with something as easy to understand as male and female, then you've really collapsed any sense of morality, of truth yep. versus falsehood in a society. That's the end game. Right. You know, I honestly, I would, I would not be real happy to be a teacher right now. I'll just put it like that. Because being forced to teach something that's not the truth I couldn't do that. And so I know you're kind of in that dilemma as well where these things will, there will come a time uh, when there will say to all the teachers, hey, this boy is, I, well, I just tell you what happened to me the other night. I watched a video, I was reading through the news, and I watched a video of a father that went before a school board of, there were men and women sitting across, I think there were nine or twelve people on the school board panel, and he was, uh, he come to the school board because his uh, daughter, a boy, came into the bathroom while she was in there. And the dad come before the school board and said, you guys are actually allowing young boys, I think the guy had, he had some makeup on and said he was a girl, but they allowed him to come into this, girl, into this girl's restroom and the dad comes before the school board and he's telling them about this and they're acting like it's going in one ear and out the other. And he said, let me ask you a question. And the camera's on the school board and he said, do any of you, any of you people have daughters? And the school board just sat there and looked at him frozen because they knew what was coming and they'd been caught. They just sat there and looked at him. He said, well, any of you that have daughters, this guy was probably, I'm going to say 35, maybe 40. He said, would you be okay with me going into your daughter's into the restroom with your daughter. And they all just sat and looked at him stone-faced like we don't really want to give an answer. But this is kind of the mess that you deal with when you don't when you just don't want to align up to the truth. Stand upon Judeo-Christian um, foundational principles and say, okay, here's what we're going to teach. It's in the Bible. It's the truth. God made, uh, in the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. He made a male and a female. And these guys are going to go procreate and they're going to populate the earth. It's just basic truth. But yet when you move off of that, man, anything, it's just, anything goes at that point. Well, that's what you're saying with this, um, this hostile takeover of our education system. When you try to get teachers and you push these agendas, climate change and this critical race theory and the, the, um, now this transgender stuff and everything that these kids have to deal with nowadays, wow. And, and that's, that's happening because of this this socialistic, communistic ideology that they tried to push. When you go through the naked communist and you talk about, you go through some of those 45 goals of the communist, they talk about pushing pornography and homosexuality like it's just this normal part of life and alternative lifestyle. There's no way I could teach that as a teacher. And so I'm so glad that I'm not a teacher and I pray for you guys that are out in the fields now because... Um, Wow, I, I understand what you're saying. And, and to be a parent, I was blessed to be able... Now, we sacrificed, me and my wife. I was a carpenter. I was out building stuff. And I mean, we didn't have a lot of money, but we sacrificed and sent our kids to a private school 
because I realized back then that the indoctrination was happening, but it's, it wasn't then like it is now. And so, man, I, I, I just think that we need to get back. I mean, and you and I both know, you're a pastor, you know that we need to get back to biblical foundational principles in our schools. You're there, you're dealing with it every day. Um, so I want to I wanna ask you another question. So we're talking about all these things, and it, it sounds pretty bleak, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. Right. But the, the thing is, is I wanted to ask you, are there any solutions? I mean, if, if I was a parent and I had a, my kids were still in school, my kids are grown now, moved on, but if they were still in school, what in the world would I do? Is there, is there anything, a, a, what would you recommend? And I know you're there. You're, you're a high school teacher now. What would you recommend for a parent that had a, a child in a school dealing with things that they have to deal with in 2023? Well, the first thing I would say is there absolutely is an answer. There are a series of steps that can be taken to correct this problem. For someone who is a parent that has a child in school right now, I would advocate seriously considering the option of homeschooling. Mm -hmm because that gives you the ability to have complete control over the curriculum that your child is learning. And when you send them to a public school, it is possible you might have a teacher like me that believes the Bible is the Word of God, that filters out non-biblical ideas from the curriculum when they present it to children, or you might have an activist that has been trained in one of these schools of education that absolutely believes that their life purpose is to train the next generation to follow through with the demolition of the traditional American society to replace it with socialism. There are teachers that absolutely believe that. Uh, so that is, to me, the immediate, yeah. probably best option for parents. But we can't be, I think, settled with that ultimately the solution, because there are many students that will be in public school. We also should be advocates for the school choice movement yes. that is going yeah. to allow parents to have their you know, personal tax money for the purpose of sending to a private school or for homeschooling. And ultimately, the best answer is a revival. We need a third great awakening in America. Yes. We need to take this nation and just return to once we, what we once were. That's the ultimate answer. Yeah. So I'm, I'm coming up on another break here. And wow, uh, man, what a great interview. And I know that a lot of you are interested in this. A lot of you have kids. And there are people that you can talk to uh, to help you with, you know, um, a, a school choice situation. Or a lot of states are pushing that right now. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. 
If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Well, welcome back everybody and I'm joined by Jonathan Copeland here. Uh, he's a, a, a high school history teacher. He's living through this right now, and so I'm thankful that he's joining me today. But, man, this hour is going too quick. I wish we had a couple, two or three hours here. But um, really quick, so you, I was asking you about what are the possible solutions that would um, allow America to fulfill her, fulfill her God-given destiny. Obviously, you said um, school choice, which there's, there are a lot of uh, governors right now that are pushing for school choice School choice being uh, that the government would give you a, a voucher or a, a, some money that would allow you to choose which school you would send your child to, a parochial school, a private school, whatever. Um, and a lot of people can't do a private school right now because they're paying twice. They're paying taxes to the public school. And then on top of that, having to send their kids to a private school. So it's kind of hard for a lot of Americans. So school choice would be great. Uh, homeschooling would be great as well. Uh, if you were able to do that, um, and I know a lot, of, a lot of times both parents have to work, that's why school choice would be so good. And then, of course, a, a revival in America would be awesome. We just saw what happened in Asbury uh, College, what broke out. And I don't, think, I don't know if Asbury, Asbury College might be a, one that would push some of these things, but you never know. Uh, so hopefully revival, this, that, like you said, the third great awakening, uh, people coming back to the Lord and teaching biblical foundational principles and just having a love for the truth. Forget global warming leads to climate change and all of this transgender LGBTQ agendas and uh, you know all of this stuff. Let's just get back to the truth. And it's very, very important. Um, so yeah, I mean, those are, some, those are obviously the possible solutions. I got another question for you. Do you see any relationship between this decline in our educational system and Bible prophecy? Let, let me ask you that because I know we've both studied this for years, but you know, it, do you have any answers to that? How does this, the, the decline, how would this align up with Bible prophecy? Let me ask you that. That's an excellent question. And you mentioned the naked communist previously. I think you can take uh, the information in that book, and you can compare it to what's happening in American society today, and you can see the game plan to transform America into a socialist nation right. that is yes. well advanced. And I think that more than just looking at the stats that are coming out about how many high school students think socialism is a good idea and kind of rolling our eyes and right. thinking about how foolish some teenage ideas can be. We've got to understand there are reasons why they think that. There yeah. are reasons why people in our generation would have never thought communism was a good idea when we were in high school. Right. But now this generation, by and large, accepts it because it is a coordinated effort in order to teach those concepts in school. Yes. And if we have that generation that is graduating from high school now, what is America going to be like 10 or 20 years down the road when they are in the positions of power making decisions? 
if we understand what the Bible teaches about the socialistic government that is going to seek to be a one-world government under control of the Antichrist, we've got to understand that's what is being pushed. The stage is being set for America to be a part of that. I'm thankful the Bible teaches us that's not the future of America, and I want to be a part of the solution to avoid that. Yeah. Well, so that's one of my candy stick topics. Everybody knows that that listen to this is the socialistic uh, kingdom of the Antichrist. The, the end time world government will be a socialistic, communistic world governing body. And we can already see that socialism has swept most of the world. Really, America is one of, the, one of if not the last great holdout. And they're just pushing, pushing, pushing these ideologies. And that's why school is so important because... A lot, of, a lot of major movements that have happened throughout history started with the youth. Hitler had mm-hmm. the, the Hitler youth movement. And when you want to push an ideology on people, they know they can't get to me. I'm 54 years old, and they're never going to convince me that socialism or communism is a good thing. But if I can indoctrinate the kids coming up now out of school, by the time they get out of school, like you said, oh, socialism, that's not that big a deal. The government's going to take care of me. No, the government's going to control you. They, that's what they're not, they're not told. And Joe Biden's saying, well, I'll just pay for your college tuition and give you free things. But that's not socialism. Socialism's all about control. Um, so, yeah, it's very important that people understand the one, the one world government that's being established, the United Nations, um, everything, everything that comes from the United Nations. The United Nations from its inception was, has been a one world governing body, a socialistic one world governing body. Alger Hiss who wrote the United Nations Charter, was a communist spy. And so that is infiltrating into the minds. And one of the things you said, very important, I don't want to slide over that, that this is a coordinated effort. I want everybody to understand that you're in the educational system. You're very versed on this stuff, and you recognize that this is a coordinated effort by a group of individuals that have been here for a very long time. The Communist Party USA has been here since 1919. So it is, like you say, it's a coordinated effort to indoctrinate kids. And some people would say, well, that's a pretty harsh word. No, no. Indoctrination is exactly the word to use here. Um, And the Antichrist, you know, one of the, the, um, not necessarily fears, but I mean one of the uh, kind of a fear in a certain way is that kids coming out of, the, of, of school now that are okay with socialism and communism would think what the Antichrist is doing is not necessarily a bad thing. And that's where it gets to be biblical for me. And so I want to make sure that we let everybody know, and that's why I talk about it so much, it's one of the most ominous prophecies in the end time, is the socialistic kingdom or communistic kingdom of the Antichrist. Um, so let me ask you this before we end the interview here. And man, I, you're such a wealth of information. I do thank you for joining me today, Jonathan. But what are you doing? I know that you're involved in a podcast, you're pastor in the church, you're teaching high school and a lot of different things. But what are you doing specifically to help contribute to this educational revival uh, that you're talking about? Well, there are two things specifically. You mentioned the Classical American Education podcast. and. Okay. On that platform, we have more in-depth discussion of the topics we covered today, as well as 
book reviews, curriculum reviews for parents that are involved in homeschooling right now, practical tips, and also assistance to pastors that might want to have some type of ministry in their church that would help parents that want to homeschool provide maybe not a full-blown school, but just assistance for the situation you mentioned about maybe both parents work and they need some assistance with making a homeschool happen, yeah. with being able to you know, join the resources of people in the congregation. We also are in the midst of developing a classical American curriculum that is properly aligned with the entire Word of God, including a correct understanding of end-time prophecy. If we really want to change the mentality of the next generation, if they understand America's God-given destiny, yes. and they see the attempt to prevent America from becoming what God designed our nation to be, that really can change things. So we're developing a curriculum right now that will soon be available for homeschool parents that will focus upon that being the counter agenda to the Communist Party. Yeah. Now that, so that, that's very interesting. And you say you're developing that right now and that would be available to a homeschool parent. Let me ask you this. For two parents that if the, both the mom and the dad have to work, um, is there a way, because I'm not real familiar with the homeschooling. Uh, the private school, yes, we did that. I would take my kids and drop them off to a, a private school that we sent them to. But a homeschool parent, there's probably not a way, because obviously the kids can't get left there by themselves. Um, there's probably not a way for a parent to homeschool a child where they both work. That's probably not a doable thing. I, I just, man, I wish there was a way. What's that now? There are some possibilities for that exact situation. Okay. It, you know, basically, what people need to do is research the rules or the laws for their particular state because there really should be no federal government involvement in education. It depends on the laws of your state. Yeah. But some states have it set up to where you can hire a tutor to be in charge of homeschooling your child for you. Okay. Like I mentioned, it's a very possible thing for churches to set up basically a homeschool co-op. Uh, we have a ministry at our church that we call Homeschool Helps, yeah. and the general idea is to allow parents in that situation to get assistance for a portion of the day where you have either parents kind of share responsibility for oversight or you have someone that's in the ministry of the church that is providing that homeschooling environment. There are a lot of creative things that can be done in order to address that problem, yeah. especially if it's a temporary fix while the family works their way into being able to be a one-income family for the purpose of putting the education of their child being something that is most important. Yeah. And I encourage anyone to reach out to me, uh, classicalamericaned at org is my email address. Yeah. Again, that's classicalamericaned at org. I'd be happy to try to work with you to help you find a solution to that problem. And just briefly, I've heard Dave Ramsey say for years, if there is a medication that you need $10,000 and it's going to save the life of your child and you can't borrow money, 
how long is it going to take you to radically change everything about your finances <laughs> to yeah. be in a position to do it? Yeah. Once we decide this is the most important responsibility I have as a parent, yes. it really does open up some possibilities. So yeah. the church is working with families that desire to do this is really a part of that solution. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. I mean, the education of your kids, uh, you know, that's going to affect how they live the rest of their life. And many, I mean, whether they're going to be a, 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 um, a productive member of society or they're going to sit at home and, you know, on the couch and play video games the rest of their life. I mean, it's very, very important. Plus, it's not just the education like that I got back when I was in school. It's, it's, there, there are so many agendas being pushed now these leftist agendas and, and just, man, I, I just, I didn't have to deal with any of that. And I look back and see what some of these kids have to go through. Wow. Uh, I, it's just mind boggling. And I, I pray for them. I pray for them. I pray for all you teachers that God would keep his hands upon you, that, um, that many of them would do the right thing and not, not make it their life's uh, goal to indoctrinate a child and, and turn them into a socialist. Oh my goodness. God help us all. Um, okay, well, I've got about a minute left. Do you have any closing comments that you'd like to make? I thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, any closing comments at all? Well, thank you very much for the opportunity. And two things I would say first would be, it is possible for America to do what's right. Mm -hmm. The first major law regarding education in America, 1647, was called the Old Deluder Satan Law. The idea was we must ensure that children know how to read and write so they can read the Bible to govern their own lives yes. and so they can read the Got laws about 20 seconds. passes about 20 seconds. see if they are in line with the Bible. Yeah, so we absolutely. can win this fight. We can do it. Absolutely. Well, let's turn back to God, turn back to the Bible, start teaching the truth no matter what, and know what your kids are taught at school. Thank you very much, Jonathan Copeland, for joining me today. God bless each and every one of you, and we'll see you right here tomorrow.